There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. The first half is in the books and the bye week is done. So now our beloved are ready to kick off the second half of 2017 and do so with our most familiar of foes, the Green Bay Packers. Can the Bears kill the wounded animal, or will they fall victim? Evan Western of Acme Packing Company joins us on the Week 10 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. All is almost right with the world again because our beloved are finally going to return to the field on Sunday and face the Green Bay Packers. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 10 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Did you miss me? Because God knows I missed you. It's been a weird week for me. You know, no Bears game on Sunday meant no review episode on Monday, and it's just... It, it honestly, it's thrown off my entire week. Like today, all day, uh, it, it felt like a Tuesday or a Wednesday when it's freaking Thursday, you know. And I just, it's uh, it's just been weird for me. Like tomorrow, I'm it's gonna be Friday. It's not really gonna feel like it. Not that I'm complaining, but you know, it's been an odd week. And uh, you know, the 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 weird reason that I have for it not feeling like a normal week was there was no bear game on Sunday. Thus, it threw off my entire schedule for the week and nothing has been right well the the, the wrongs have been righted uh evan western's gonna be on the show here in a few minutes to help us preview the bears and the packers uh a very interesting conversation that we had considering all that's changed for both teams uh in the last six weeks so uh you know the packers went from being considered uh a super bowl favorite uh especially on the you know at, at the very least to represent the nfc in the Super Bowl to all of a sudden they're a 500 football team that just lost uh, only for the second time in the last quarter century uh, to the Lions in Lambeau. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Uh, Brent Huntley is uh, winless so far as a starting quarterback and uh, the defense has been a swinging gate as far as allowing tons of points. We talk about all of it uh, with Western and uh, with Evan Western, uh, including a few other things uh, as well as we get ready for the second half of the year. And, um, you know, interested to see how our beloved will come out of the gates, you know, week number 10 after two weeks off, you know, recovering from the, the loss to to New Orleans and, uh, you know, having time to reflect and look back upon these first eight games, what was what could have been, you know, and, and what have you. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very interested to to see what's going to happen on Sunday. We're favored to win this game on Sunday. Not only favored, but favored by six. I learned this. You'll hear me the, the moment that I learned this uh, from uh, from Evan. I didn't know. I knew the Bears were favored. I didn't know what the spread was. And then Ev- Evan told me it was six points. Here, What? 
oh my god you know six points it's crazy uh the bears are nearly a touchdown favorite to beat the packers that's bananas considering that we're the three and five team you know coming into this thing so um just kind of shows the state of affairs that um you know with green bay and, and missing aaron Rodgers, they have looked like a shell of their former selves uh without him and um you know we talked we touch a lot on that uh during the um during the conversation so um you know it's it's been a been an interesting week you know like i said uh, not a whole lot going on in in bearland ironically uh with uh with with everything that's you know with the bye week and, and everything uh it, really nothing nothing going on so i mean we'll probably get right to the uh right to the interview after we get done talking about the injury report which was interesting in and of itself because i don't remember this many names being on the list when we played the saints and i know we suffered a few injuries against new orleans but that was two weeks ago and um you know there is an interesting name that is that was full participation for practice and um (laughs) i don't know if i'm happy or sad or whatever about his possible return to the field uh on sunday so let's go ahead and pull up the the injury report real quick and uh <laughs> we'll talk about this but before we get to that uh real quick a zach miller update he was released from the hospital uh in new orleans on monday i believe he is he is definitely back in the chicago area uh now so he was down there for more uh more than a week uh before he was able to be um before he was stable enough to be released to go back home uh things are looking good uh with the with the injured leg, uh, we did also find out that along with the dislocation and uh, the vascular damage with the with the um, with the uh, artery that had to be repaired, uh, he did tear all three ligaments uh, in his knee. So it's a total reconstruction uh, along with you know recovering from the surgeries uh, that he's. Ha- I believe there was more than one actually um, that he had while he was uh, down there, but. Um, the good news is he's, he was good enough to go home. So he is, uh, back in, uh, back in Chicago. The team is fully supporting him. I saw a picture, uh, today, I believe it was on Instagram or Twitter. One of the two of, uh, Pernell McPhee and, um, Jordan Howard, both wearing 86 jerseys in, uh, in practice, uh, today. It was, I think it was on the Chicago bears, uh, dot com, uh, Twitter feed as a matter of fact, where I saw that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, to see that so um, corresponding roster moves when they finally officially put Miller on IR this week uh, Ben Broniker uh, the tight end from Harvard University uh, played some played uh, quite a few games last year uh, for the Bears has been pulled up to the active roster and we did sign another tight end to the practice squad to replace him um, forgive me I don't know I don't remember the name of the the player but he's on the practice squad so who cares <laughs> Anyway, um, so that basically th- those were like the the roster move news. Uh, you know, we, we finally put Miller on our, on IR officially and replaced him with Ben Broniker. So we brought another tight end onto the roster to replace uh, Zach Miller. So instead of going for like a receiver or something like that, you know, call me crazy, but I think three tight ends is enough. But what do I know? Um, but now onto the injury reports. Um, Bryce Callahan, Tom Bryce Callahan with a knee, Tom Compton with an ankle, Sherrick McManus, Roy Roy Robertson Harris, both with hamstrings, uh, Deion Sims with an illness, so maybe he's got the flu bug or something like that, 
And Danny Trevathan with a calf injury. That's new. He must have done that in practice or something. But those are the guys that have yet haven't practiced yet this week. Callahan, Compton, um, McManus, Roy Robertson, Harris, uh, Deion Sims, and Danny Trevathan, none of which have practiced yet um, with their respective injuries. Um, Kyle Long has been limited with the finger uh, injury that he suffered against the uh, Saints. Marcus Wheaton... <laughs> was limited on Wednesday, full participation today on Thursday with the groin injury. Uh, other full participants, uh, Hironis Grasso um, recovered from the hand injury. He was full participation Wednesday off of the injury report on Thursday. John Timu um, had that gruesome-looking injury on Monday night against the Vikings. Full participation Wednesday off the injury report today. Uh, same thing for Cody Whitehair. Uh, elbow injury from the Saints game was full go on Wednesday off the the uh, off the injury list uh, today. So um, I'll be definitely be keeping an open eye on the uh, on the injury report tomorrow because that's when the Bears or that's when teams in general have to designate the status of their players. So um, Bryce Callahan, you know, Tom Compton, these are backup guys. Sheriff McManus, he's special teams. Robertson Harris. He's been contributing when he's been out there, but mostly a special teams guy for us. Danny Trevathan, that's the name that I'm going to keep an eye open for uh, tomorrow to find out what his odds of playing on Sunday are, you know, because tomorrow's when they have to release probable, questionable, doubtful, you know, and so on. So uh, we want to see probable or questionable. We do not want to see doubtful uh, for Danny Trevathan. Um, being out there on uh, on Sunday. So we want to see him back. So I don't know if he did that against New Orleans or maybe it was something he tweaked in practice uh, this week or maybe he did it in the workouts last week because the Bears did practice for a couple of days uh, last week before, um, you know, getting an extended weekend uh, uh, for the bye. So uh, anyway, like I said, keep an eye out on the injury report tomorrow to see uh, who's questionable, probable, doubtful, and so on to see, you know, who it is we're going to battle with. Uh, on Sunday so that's it for the uh, for the injury report um, you know like I said a few more names on this list than I remember being there uh, against New Orleans but uh, you know hopefully it won't hamper us uh, too much no huge names I mean Kyle Long it's a finger injury he's gonna play on Sunday you know he was pissed that he had to leave the game against uh, New Orleans so they're gonna tape it up you know and he's gonna play on Sunday I really don't have any doubts about that but uh cody whitehair being full participation that's awesome uh marcus wheaton we need the help we need all the help we can get i mean dontrell inman's going to be making his first appearance for the bears uh, on sunday or so one would think uh having marcus wheaton in there with kendall wright uh you know we also have trey mcbride uh tanner gentry so you know we got some targets out there for uh for trubisky and uh Hopefully we'll mix it up and uh, kind of sling it around because as you'll hear uh, in the interview uh, with Evan, um, the Packers are solid against the the run, 11th in the league against the run, but 23rd against the pass. So maybe this is the game where the floodgates open for the passing game, or, or at least this is where the Bears try to take some liberties with the passing game and get Trubisky going uh, in a big way because... Um, you know, Stafford and company had an easy way with them on Monday night, 30 to 17. And it wasn't even that close. It was 30 to 10 and the Packers added a garbage touchdown uh, towards the end of the game. They did not look good at all when I was watching 
uh, the game. Like I said, like I told Evan, I didn't see much of the game, but when I did, it was all Detroit, man, just domination from beginning uh, to end. So, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting on Sunday. You know, my, my major concern is you hear me tell Evan, it's, it's the offense. I want, I want to be able to put some faith in the offense to, to match, you know, well, probably not match what we, with the faith that I have in my defense, our defense. Um, but I would like to think that, uh, you know, the offense has got a 50, 50 shot of scoring when they take the field, as opposed to, oh, well, let's see if we can get a first down. You know, that's, that's kind of where we're at with the offense right now. We're struggling to get first downs and move the chains and, and keep the defense off the field, as opposed to, you know, let's see if we can put a seven, you know, seven minute drive together and put some points on the board and, and make it easier for our defense, uh, to attack, uh, our opponent. So we'll, uh, We'll have to uh, wait and see how that all unfolds. So I'm going to go ahead and step aside, bring in our good friend Evan Western. You know, despite his allegiances, he is one of my favorite people to have uh, on the show uh, from Acme Packing Company here to help me preview Week 10 Bears and Packers. With our short hiatus finally over, uh, the Bears and the Packers will be kicking off the second half of the schedule for our beloved by coming to Soldier Field for the rematch uh, week four. We were embarrassed uh, on national television, 35-14 to 14 in uh, a game that dashed the, the few hopes that we Bear fans had after the victory over Pittsburgh. It quickly just shot all of that down. We our worst defensive performance of the season, uh, another loss to Green Bay, finally giving them the series advantage. And uh, here to, uh, to, to help me preview Week 10 and talk about all that has changed in just the six weeks since our last matchup, Evan Western from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company. Evan, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks a lot. And, uh, yeah, you're not kidding. There has been a lot that has changed in these past six weeks in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, it's uh yeah, it there's been a lot that's gone down just in the NFL in general. It's uh it's kind of a crazy upside down year, you know. The Eagles are the best team in football, not just in the NFC, but in all of football. You couldn't have I I wouldn't have pegged that from the beginning. Yeah. They're 8 and 1 uh right now. The the Packers after looking like, you know, they were four weeks ago. They were the Eagles. They were the best team in the NFC. They're four and one. They're on a three game win streak. You know, they're looking good. Rodgers is hot and, you know, they're finally getting things figured out. And then uh, Rodgers goes down against the Vikings and it's been a downward spiral ever since. Yeah, it really has. And, um, I'm sure we'll get into Brett Hundley in a little bit, but he hasn't looked particularly good. Uh, Mike McCarthy's offensive scheme has not looked particularly good around Hundley. And the defense continues to to just hemorrhage yards and and give up a bunch of big plays on third down, and uh, just generally be unable to get off the field, and so that robs Hundley of more opportunities on offense. So it's it's been a complete uh, debacle in in pretty much all phases of the game. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't watch all of the game on Monday, but before we got started, good choice. Yes, good you, choice. You, you mentioned. <laughs> I mean, it was, and I I should have watched more of it because it's the next two opponents for the bears we play you guys this weekend we play detroit next week so i probably just as a you know an informative deal i probably should have watched more of the game than i did but 
the little that I did watch, uh, it was all Detroit, man. I mean, it was. I mean, you guys didn't even. What was the score? It was fourteen to three at halftime. It was a thirty to seventeen final score, yeah, that and was, that seventeen that, was a garbage yeah. touchdown right at the very end when it was more than over right. at that point. Yeah, and I think you you really got to look again to the defense as, as being a, a main culprit here. Is you know the, they didn't force a punt the entire game. Wow. Um, the the one time that they did get a three and out was on the very first drive of the game when uh, Detroit went three and out, and then Mike Daniels takes a boneheaded uh, unnecessary roughness penalty right after the play on third down and and gives Detroit a first down, and then they go down and cash in with a with a score for for their opening drive. Um, you know who who knows what happens if he doesn't take that penalty and you know Brett Hundley gets the ball right away and and maybe gets into a little bit of a rhythm. You know we'll we'll obviously never know. So I mean, like I said, I didn't get um, didn't get to watch much of the game, and um, but the the little that I did see when when Green Bay was on offense, it actually uh, oddly reminded me a lot of the Bears on offense. They weren't really challenging Detroit downfield. All the passes were short, within like five. 10 yards at the most and, and, and whatnot. I mean, is does I mean, does Hundley not have a good arm? Does Mike McCarthy not trust it? I mean, you know, like I said, I didn't see much, but the little that I did see was very dink and dunk as opposed to challenging the defense, uh, the downfield like they would if Rogers was in there. Yeah. You can definitely tell that those, those deep shots are fewer and farther between with yeah. Hundley in there. Um, that's definitely a scheme thing. Um, He's got the arm. That's the thing. Is is there were two shots that that he had down downfield. Um, one of them to Devontae Adams, I think, late in the second quarter, that glanced off Adams' fingertips. And and realistically, he should have had that ball. Um, he said as much after the game. So you know, if he connects on that one, and then there's another one where you know he goes deep to Jordy Nelson, who's getting completely mugged down the middle of the field by Darius Slay, and there's no call. Hmm. Um, you know, if you get if you get the, the catch to Adams, and and you get the call, or else, or, or you get a catch. To, to Nelson, um, then all of a sudden that, that that makes things look very different, and suddenly Detroit has to respect the deep ball, um, and maybe they're playing uh, defensively a little differently that uh, that opens things up underneath for for Hundley. But um, for the most part, yeah, the scheme has just been you know throw the ball short, um, and and that's that's really all there is to it. Uh, and, and then yeah. every once in a while, you sprinkle in one of these deep shots. He's got the arm. He's got the arm strength. Um, like I said, both of those balls were were pretty well on target. Um, they just didn't connect for whatever reason, and then didn't re- really go back to it all that much the rest of the game. Do you think McCarthy's doing that to try to keep it to try to get him into a rhythm before he opens things up, or you know, is there is he or has he gone from you know? Because the one thing that I love about Mike McCarthy, and I, I know that Bear fans are dying all over just hearing me say that sentence, but um, the one thing that I've loved about McCarthy, like if you just look back at our last meeting last season, when it was like, here's why the Packers are going to win the division again, here's why the Bears are 3-13 and or going to be 3-13, and was after the Bears tied it up uh, at the end of the football game. Number one, we shouldn't have tied it up. We should have gone for two to try to win the game. But but Fox is playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. Well, right. McCarthy gets the football back, and he plays to win, finds Jordy Nelson 60 yards downfield, sets up the game-winning field goal. The next thing you know, all that comeback was for nothing because 
John Fox decided to play it safe and try to play for overtime as opposed to keeping the Packers. I mean, we had all the momentum in the world. We all we should have just tried to put a dagger in you. Not saying that you guys wouldn't have been able to do that, but you never know what us actually taking the lead might have been able to do at that moment in the game. And it just kind of feels like, like I said, small, you know, uh, test case that I got to see that McCarthy is being more conservative and playing not to lose as opposed to how aggressive he would be, you know, knowing and trusting Aaron Rodgers the way he does. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, he, he's the, the, the game plan has been just, just painfully conservative. And, Mm -hmm. and what you're seeing is that the Packers don't have the defense or the running game to play that way. Um, you know, when, when again, when the defense doesn't force a single punt, you can't just rely on your quarterback to go out and you know make one or two plays and then just not make mistakes. That's not going to work. Right. Um, you know, it, you can you can maybe do that with Chicago when they've got a defense you know that that puts up a couple of touchdowns on their own, like they did against Carolina, and and you only have to have Trubisky throw the ball what seven times or something like that in that <laughs> seven game. Seven freaking times. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's the, the this defense is not. Um, effective enough to to make that strategy work, and unfortunately, um, th- there's there's a lot of debate right now going about um, is McCarthy keeping the training wheels on Hundley? Is he like not not willing to open up the the offense, or is it Hundley's limitations um, in terms of processing his reads and and you know making certain types of throws, limiting what McCarthy can call on offense, and and it's sort of a chicken and the egg problem, and I don't think anybody really has a good answer uh, as to which is which, except for the guys in the locker room. Yeah, well, we in Chicago are kind of going through the same thing yep. uh, as well. I mean, seven passes in the game against Carolina. <laughs> now, granted, we were only on the field for thirty-eight snaps. The defense stayed on the field, you know, in that football yep. game. Uh, you know, luckily we were able to produce points and, and scored the points that made the difference in the game. Otherwise, it's a 3-3 ball game, you know, as far as yep. the offense putting up their own points. Our offense put three points on the board uh, that day. Um, you know, we saw them open things up a bit more last week with the Saints, or last week, two weeks ago, uh, against the Saints. Trubisky threw 32 passes uh, in that one. And, you know, so, you know, it looks like maybe they're trying to open things up a little bit uh, more for uh, Trubisky. But, um you know, I, I was just, you know, like I said, I've been, I'm, you know, wondering what's been going on with Green Bay. And, and it's like, I know that Aaron Rodgers is a huge difference maker, you know, but it's like, even, even when he went down in 2013, you know, you guys, what, what, what three and three or three and four, you know, like you, you were in those ball games instead right. of, you know, like right. you never really had, you know, 23 to 10 to Minnesota, 26, 17 in New Orleans, 30 to 17 to, um, uh, Detroit uh, on Monday. It's like you guys went off the cliff when when Rogers uh, when Rogers went down against Minnesota. Yeah, I think think the the big difference is is fundamentally the play of the defense. Um, the the this year's defense, even though there's a lot of good individual talent, and, yeah, and and there's actually some some good individual performances being put up. Um, just as a unit, they're they're not functioning and it's it's again it's the situational defense it's third downs it's uh it's red zone defense um it's just an inability in those situations to to get off the football field so like on monday night for example um i can't tell you how many times detroit was in you know third and six seven eight nine yards and they just kept converting every single time um you're you're getting tackles for loss on first and second down you you know you're holding guys at the line of scrimmage, but then you give up these big big third down conversions, and that just shoots everything right in the foot. So right. it, that that it, 
I think it, it really, at this point, um, I've been very much loath to jump on the Fire Down Capers bandwagon for, for a long time. Um, but I think this season is pretty much going to be this, the straw that breaks the camel's back on that. And unless there's some major turnaround in the next couple of weeks uh, from that unit, I don't see him being retained for the 2018 season. Right. Well, you know, like we said at the top, uh, things have definitely changed over the last several weeks. Um, you guys were the beneficiary of Mike Glennon's last performance as our starting <laughs> quarterback. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, oh, we did. I bet. Did. Yeah, he was an utter embarrassment in that game. It's like, you know what? And <laughs> Here's the thing, Evan. I don't know if we talked about this the last time we had you on, was that I was on the, um, like, you know, there's other other podcast guys that I follow on Twitter uh, hashtag Trubisky now from the moment the season started preseason yep. I'll put Trubisky in start him from the very beginning you know for me it was it's it wasn't him it was the supporting cast it's just not there you know I mean it, and I've been proven right in the four games that he has started but you know still Trubisky is obviously the better option it was that Green Bay game that broke me you know it was the Green Bay game that was just like you know what we can't do this anymore Yep. We can't do this with Glennon. If we do this with Glennon, we'll be three and thirteen again. Everybody's getting fired. You know, it's like it's it's all we're gonna all gonna have to tear it down and start it all over again and and the whole nine yards. If we want a shot with this season, you know, the best quarterback we have is on the bench right now. We gotta put him in there. And watching Mike Glennon you know, struggle again uh against the the Packers was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. It's like I just couldn't I couldn't fight it anymore. It's you know, it's just like, you know, trying to trying to tell somebody a lie straight to their face, you know, with a straight face, you know, it's like, you just know you're not telling the truth. And it's like, I couldn't defend my stance anymore with the way that Glennon, uh, was playing. And, um, you know, it was the Green Bay game on national yep. television that, that kind of finally, you know, put an end, uh, to that. Cause he was just awful that night. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I'm, I'm very much in the same place regarding capers and, and this defense. Um, it, it, there, there's no way that this team can function and, and have any hope of making the playoffs if that defense keeps playing the way they have on third downs. And um, and yeah, I think that that, like I said, it boils back to coaching. And um, at this point, you know, I'd like to see some more of these younger players get some more playing time. Um, you know, get Kevin King and Josh Jones, the couple of top draft picks, have been out there for most of the snaps the last couple of weeks. You know, they're learning on the job. That's what you need to do with these guys in, this, in a season like this. I want to see more of Vince Beagle now that he's finally back on the roster, the Wisconsin guy, uh, the, the outside linebacker. I want to see more of Montrevious Adams, the defensive tackle, the third-round pick. Um, get these guys some snaps and and see what they can do because as as painful as it is, I mean, again, Rodgers doesn't appear to be coming back this season. Um, this defense does not appear to be uh, in shape to to give us any chance of of making a run at the playoffs. So get the get the young guys in there and uh, see what they can do. Do you think that has any any real effect on how the season is going? Because when this happened in 2013. There was always hope that Rodgers would be back. I mean, I think he came back on the low end of what the the timetable would have been coming back in mm-hmm. like six, eight weeks or whatever, and you know being able to come back for that week seventeen game at the end of the year. So it's like the the team still had something to play for, but with the severity of the injury and the fact that it's on his throwing arm this time around, yep. um, you know, it seems like you know, first of all, he's on the short term IR, so he's done eight weeks no matter what. 
So right. the earliest he can come back is what? Maybe Thanksgiving or the first week in week, December. Week 15. Like week 15, oh, wow. I think it would be. Week 15. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's crazy. And then, you know, and that's on the conservative end on how long this injury is supposed to take. And, you know, two more weeks and, you know, where the Packers are going to be at that point uh, in the season. You know, do you think that has any kind of effect on the fact that we're not getting Rodgers back? So, you know we're just going to go out there because we have to kind of thing. Or? Yeah. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Um, I'd like to think that, that, that everybody's a professional on this team sure. um, and, and would go out and do their jobs regardless. Um, this maybe gets a little bit into the Martellus Bennett question, which um, <laughs> that's a, that's a whole nother topic that we can get into. Sure. Um, he's, he's, if anybody, you know, seems like, you know, they might've kind of given up on this team. It, it's, it's probably him. But um, no, as far as the defense, I don't, I don't see anything necessarily. I don't see a lack of effort on the, on their part. Um, I think I just see a, a lack of execution and a lack of scheme and um, just just you know poor play all around. Um, but I don't necessarily attribute that to a, to a lack of effort. Sure, sure, because um, you know it's it's like we said. Oh, how things have changed in the last few months, weeks, you know, week, six, six weeks. Um, <laughs> six weeks ago, you would not have imagined, even though this game is taking place in Chicago, that the Bears would be favored to win against <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. I mean, that's just, that's bananas that that's actually, that's, I don't know what the line is, but the fact that the Bears are favored at all. It's six. Uh, I looked it up this holy afternoon. It's six, six points now. It, wow. opened up at, it opened up at three, and it's expanded out to six since... What Sunday or Monday? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that that's that kind of like how badly that uh, that Detroit game hurt uh, Green Bay street cred. If yeah. I mean losing to Detroit in Lambeau, which has only happened what twice in the last twenty five years, and uh, for it to happen the way it did on Monday night, uh, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. That the opening line would would be basically three points. That's what the home team usually gets anyway. But yep. to tack on an extra three on top so the basically the bears are a touchdown favorite in this game on sunday it's i mean that's just crazy to me you <laughs> well know. i think i saw is it is it the first time since was it 2008 or 2009 that chicago was favored and 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 had to hit against the packers i, I would I have can't to remember say, what year it was but yeah. i would have to say 2008 which was rogers probably. first year as a starter yeah. so i mean i think that was probably probably the last time that we were favored um, if that's what the stat is, I would go with 2008 because Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers yet, you know, at that point. So it wasn't um, a guaranteed thing. So, but, yeah. you know, the one thing that I have, um, I guess the one positive thing, I don't know if you would call this positive, but for me, this, the, the way that the team has played since Aaron Rodgers went down, um, for me, kind of elevates. Aaron Rodgers as uh-huh. one of the all-time greats because this is the argument that that I have with anybody who wants to tell me that Tom Brady's a better quarterback than Peyton Manning. You know, if you remove Peyton yeah. Manning from his team, his team went down the tubes. Um, if you remove Tom Brady from his team, the Patriots are going to be just fine. Um, yeah. You know, they did it last year. The first four games, they mm-hmm. went three and one, starting two rookie quarterbacks. Without you know one guy that had only been on the team for a year and Jacoby Brissett, a third round pick rookie, won a game for them. 
you know, yep. shut out the Texans and things like that. Aaron Rodgers goes down. All of a sudden, the Packers went go from the NFC's elite to being a you know below average team the last three weeks ever since he went down they do not look like themselves without him yeah and and that's one of those arguments too that um it you a lot of times you'd see people making the the argument whether or not you know Aaron Rodgers is responsible for all of Mike McCarthy's success or you know if McCarthy deserves the credit for developing Rodgers and 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 you know leading this team to the success that they've had over the last decade and and I think you're, yeah, you're starting to see now that that it's it's certainly skewed more, you know, more towards Rogers in in that argument at this mm-hmm. point. Um, just the the way things are going right now, and and I mean Hundley's a guy that that they um, they've developed for two and a half years. Um, right. McCarthy says he he likes him, he he believes in him, um, he thinks he's a good quarterback. Um, you know, even that situation was is drastically different this year than it was in 2013. Mm-hmm. I think that year. The defense was better, and that's why you know there was a little more optimism early on, um, or, or after a couple of games when you saw the defense and the running game playing well, um, even with guys like Scott Tolzine and then you know Matt Flynn coming back and and pitching in for a couple of games at quarterback. You know, this year I think everybody was 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 feeling okay early. You know, when Hundley's coming out there for his first start or two, um, thinking okay, he's this is his third year in the system. He's gotten to work with McCarthy for three years. He's going through the quarterback school. Um, you know, McCarthy's still a good offensive coach who can design an offense around this quarterback. And then they just come out and look flat and and uninspired in terms of scheme and performance on on offense. And and that's I think the the biggest problem is that the expectations for Hundley were fairly high. I mean, as high as you can reasonably have for a, a rookie or a, a first time starting quarterback who hasn't really played much. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the expectations were there and, and he is, he has failed to live up to them. Um, you know, whether that, again, whether that's his fault, whether it's McCarthy's fault, I think the blame should be pretty evenly shared there between those two. So we get to the game, you know, on, on Sunday, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen here. Um, you know, it's, it's Bears Packers. You can kind of throw it all out the window as far as records. and st- I mean, hell, we're only one game behind you guys now. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a much different situation after week four. And, um, you know, Trubisky is uh, he's had two weeks to get ready for this. Um, you know the 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 you, you guys are coming in off a short week, a bad loss at home to Detroit, three straight losses, two of them in the division. Uh, you know the first one being against Minnesota and and uh, and everything. And it's like I would love to be as supremely confident as the people who are putting the line together are. <laughs> it's just that you know our offense hasn't put a game together yet. You know, mm-hmm. for me to be like, yeah, this is. I mean, I'm confident that our defense will be able to handle, you know, Brent Hundley and, and you know, what mm-hmm. you guys are doing on uh, on offense. And it's just that when the offense itself get, gets out there, just like it did week four, you guys put a plug on Jordan Howard, you pretty much had the, the, you had the rest of the day, you just coasted off that. Yep. If you were able to contain Jordan Howard, you were able to control the offense because, you know, Tariq Cohen has kind of been in and out of the lineup since he became the worst kept secret in, in football, um, you know, and, and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, we're still still trying to figure things out on offense. And, like, the other thing was we still don't have the supporting players that, you know, 
are, are going to help us get over the hump. So I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen. You know, will the Bears be able to put up enough points to win the game? Um, you know, on on Sunday and and you know, will your will your defense give us one more bad performance so we can do it? <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting because um, I, I I subscribe pretty heavily to to Football Outsiders DVOA as a good measure of of overall performance mm-hmm. for for various different units. And as far as the Packers defense goes right now, the pass defense is 23rd in the league, but the rush defense is 11th in the league, and so yeah. they're. Um, on a per carry basis, they're doing a pretty good job against the run, and they're they're doing so largely playing out of the that nitro package where they have two down linemen, um, four linebackers, one of whom is really a safety, and then five defensive backs. So it, I, I think you'll you'll again you'll see a lot of uh, a lot more of their base three four defense, knowing that Chicago is going to want to run the ball. Um, so you'll get that extra um, defensive lineman out there and in. in that that more three man line, um, and, and I think this is if if there's ever a matchup where the Packers defense has a chance to get back on track, um, it's this game. And I think we one of my writers at Acme Packing Company, Peter Bukowski, put it best today that if Mitchell Trubisky tears up the Packers defense, Dom Capers needs to be fired, and he needs to not be fired at the end of the season. He needs to be fired on Monday morning because there would be no excuse for um, you know for letting a rookie quarterback. Um, just just gash your defense with the the types of receiving weapons that mm. that the Bears have on right. that team. Um, if if you end up selling out against the run and and you know and and Jordan Howard ends up you know making you pay and and slipping slipping through the line and and make, picking up big chunks of yardage, you know what? That's that's the price of doing business against Chicago. Is, right. is Howard's a Howard's a terrific running back, but um, the the way this team cannot lose is by giving up a whole bunch of yardage in the air to to trubisky and company um that's that's going to make people in wisconsin drink even more than we already do (laughs) well you know i I would have to agree with you uh on that because number one they haven't done it yet and it would be a hell of a thing for that for the packers to be the first team that he does that against even with the the, you know the the extra time off and and the bye week you know two weeks to prepare and two weeks of film watching you guys you know get ready and and you know because you have you had your bye week already yeah it was uh it was just before the detroit game okay so yeah Okay. They, not only yeah, you did know, they come right. out and look like crap yeah. on Monday night, they they looked like crap with two weeks to prepare for him too. Oh wow, that's right. They were off yeah. on they were off week <laughs> eight. That's right. Yeah, that does that does compound things a bit, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, no, I definitely um, think that 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 it's it's definitely not a good look if the Bears. I mean, and because it's not Trubisky's first start, it's his fifth. So he's been out on the field before. He's had a chance to have that that breakout game and it hasn't happened yet. And if it were to happen, you know, against you guys, even though it's home, even though they're coming off the bye, you know, for him to basically break his cherry against you guys would definitely not um, be a good look for, for Dom capers. Um, You know, and it it definitely, you know, I would definitely kind of agree with what you guys said that, you know, if, if uh, you know, capers on the hot seat as it is with the way the defense uh, is performing for him to be the first one to allow you know, Mr. Trubisky's first big game, that would be, you know, detrimental, especially like you said, with the weapons we have and the weapons got worse because we lost Zach Miller in New Orleans. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I guess the only thing I have to say about that is I'm just happy for him that 
his leg is still attached. So that's oh, uh, <laughs> man, that was that 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 was that was gruesome, man. Oof, I, I, it was bad. I, I still can't uh, I can't quite wrap my head around that yeah. one. So, so I mean, geez. it's just it's it was pretty awful. And and the fact that was like it was it wasn't until like two or three replays in that they really noticed, like oh, he really yeah. messed up his leg on that one. You know, it's like holy Christ, and uh, you know, and then to you know. It was Monday morning. I'm driving to work and I'm starting to get notifications about vascular surgeons trying to save his leg. It's like, <laughs> save his leg? Are yeah. you kidding? This guy could lose his leg now? Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. And that just kind of compounded the whole, they didn't, they took the touchdown away from him mm-hmm. thing. So did you ever see the, the, the replays of that and, and, you know, form an opinion on whether or not it was a touchdown? <sighs> I, I didn't see uh, I didn't look at them closely enough to really um, okay. I, I was more I was more looking at the leg if I'm yeah being honest. yeah that's a big distraction <laughs> believe me it it yeah. does pull the eyes away from the football that's for sure right um, yeah. yeah but they uh, they had they actually uh, are are just stubbornly not letting this go mm-hmm. um, they they released a, a video it was all of fifty seconds long the official went through the play one time and all we're looking at is shadows he's saying the ball is loose here and you don't see the ball he <laughs> hits the ground he said the ball is on the ground i'm looking at his elbow and his forearm underneath the ball i'm not seeing the ball touch the ground and that's his video evidence that that's why they overturned it because it was ruled a touchdown on right. the field they overturned it so um Jeez. and then last week the the eagles are playing whoever i think the broncos whoever the eagles played yeah. A similar looking play, you know, the guy's basically bobbling it all the way to the ground. It was ruled a touchdown on the field. They don't overturn it this time. It's like Miller right. showed way more control of the football than that guy did, but that guy's catch is a touchdown and Miller's isn't. So Yeah, the inconsistency with the catch roll is yeah. has gotta be one of the most maddening things about the NFL at this point. Yeah. Um there's a lot of there's a lot of things that drive me crazy about the league right now, but that's that just the inconsistency of that particular um, rule and, and what is and what isn't the catch has, has got to be right up near the top of the list. Well, I mean, and the fact that this is something that's been going on for seven years now. Yeah. Yep. You know, the, the very first one that kicked off the whole con, the Calvin Johnson rule, yep. if you will, that was yep. the season opener in 2010 or 2011, <laughs> one of the two. Okay. And here we are, 2017, into the second half of the season. We still haven't figured this thing out yet. I mean, this happens at least two or three times a year where there is one yep. play that everybody, you'll see it on every sports center, every NFL network, you know, Al Access show. This is a catch, and they'll sit there, and the, 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 the talking heads will argue with each other about this is a catch. No, it isn't. It's like, how is it that we just we can't figure out what is a catch and what isn't after all this time? Yeah. The one, the one thing thing that i know is that des bryant did not catch it against the packers in the playoffs in 2014 <laughs> that's all i got nope definitely not a catch it's a, <laughs> it's clear as day it's right there yep. he didn't catch yep. it it's it's done, not a touchdown uh you know <laughs> anything yeah. that's nice i like that um but yeah you know so it's it's just crazy um the way that that they just can't quite seem to figure out and, and where they 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 pick their battles as far as the ones that they're not going to let in the ones that they do let go, it's just night and day from, you know, it's like, well, that was, that looked like way more of a catch than the other one did. And, you know, same situations, both of them were touchdowns, both of them going to the ground. And 
everything else. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, probably the most frustrating thing about the NFL as far as like calls on the field and the consistency is all over the place when right. it comes to that. Uh, yep. When it comes to that rule, so um, yeah. yeah, definitely, uh, definitely crazy. So, what are you hoping for on Sunday aside from the team actually winning a game? That'd be you know, nice. What What are you um, looking for on Sunday? I mean, do you want to see more of? Do you want to see more? Of Brent Hundley, do you want to see the Packers run the football? I mean, what is it that you want to see uh, from the offense this time around? Yeah, I mean, the one of the things that I want to see more of is using more no huddle and hurry up action. Um, mm. That that was where Hundley looked the most comfortable on Monday night. Um, they ran a couple of, uh, of of no huddle drives in the fourth quarter, and those were the two drives that uh, probably not coincidentally the Packers scored touchdowns on. Um, so he just he looks more comfortable in um, in an offense where um, you know where where you're you're moving up the quickly and you're playing up tempo. So that that's one thing. Um, I'd like to see more empty sets. Even if you're putting Aaron Jones or Ty Montgomery out there in the backfield, motion them out of the backfield and and get out into a five wide. Uh, uh, formation because that simplifies the reads for the quarterback um, and it makes it easier to, to go through your progressions. So that would make it easier on him as well. Um, and then I want to actually see the running game be successful. Um, I think the Packers only had about 11 carries on Monday night against Detroit and part of that was the flow of the game and, and the, the way everything was, was working out. So I, so I understand that, but I think um, to, to, to have some success on offense, the the running game needs to be a factor. Um, they they look great against Saint, uh, the Saints two two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, Aaron Jones had a big day, so I, I'd love to see that again. But um, yeah, no huddle, empty empty formations. Um, I think that's the the way to um, kind of tailor this offense to to Hundley and give him the best chance to have success. How about on on defense? Because I'm I'm looking at your just looking at the scores, not looking at stats or anything like that. Aside from your win over Seattle and yep. uh, the win over the Bears, we're only allowed nine points in Seattle, 14 against Chicago. The lowest point total the defense has given up, even in a victory, is 23, 23 yeah. points. That was the game against uh, Minnesota. You actually beat uh-huh. the Cincinnati 27-24, but it's you know 34 in the, in the, the loss to Atlanta, uh, 20. 24 in a win against Cincinnati, 31. You had to outscore the Cowboys, 35 right. to 31. Then 23 to Minnesota, 26 to New Orleans, 30 uh, the other day against the the Lions. I mean, what do you what do you gotta have to do to shore this up? Do you, do you, do you, is it getting to the quarterback? Do you you know play more zone, play more man, blitz more? I mean, what what do you think needs to change the most? Yeah, the 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 biggest thing is has been again the 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 pass defense has has really struggled, um, especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, three hundred yards plus each of the last two games. Mm. Um, like you said, I mean twenty six thirty points um, against the Saints and the Lions. So one of the big things that that has struck me about everything is that the coverages just don't seem to make sense. There's a great clip that uh, Ben Fennel, who's a, a friend of APC, um, he's a film guy. Um, uh, and a big Packers fan broke down one of the plays against Detroit on Tuesday, and he's narrating for about a minute and a half, uh, discussing the coverages and how they're playing zone on the outside, they're playing man in the middle, they've got two deep safeties, and and it just doesn't make sense. There's no way for this coverage to be effective because it leaves the entire middle of the field wide open. And so, what I'd love to see 
is pick pick a coverage scheme. Mm-hmm. I almost don't even care what it is at this point, but I think the, <laughs> the the personnel is best suited to play a press man scheme. So play press man, um, get up in the receivers' faces, actually get physical with them at the line of scrimmage, and and then let your your safety kind of cover things up over the top. Stick to that scheme. Stick to that um, that philosophy and and have an identity on defense because they just don't have that right now. You're playing these these combo coverages and it's just not working. So um, commit to something, stick with it, and and kind of ride or die with it and and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, what you're describing to me kind of sounds like my beef with Mark Tressman when he was head coach. He was our play caller as well it's like at times he would try to prove that he was the smartest guy in the room you know there was a game against uh the lions where we're trying to go we had two shots at a two-point uh conversion that would have either tied or given us the lead in the game so the first play that we go out there we've got three tight ends we got a fullback and a running back and we throw the ball you know and then we go back out there we got four wide, an empty set, and we did a quarterback draw or something. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like are you, are you, you're you're tricking yourself because the Lions saw what you were doing coming from a mile away. You know, do you think that that Dom Capers just needs to simply, like you said, simplify things, pick one or yep. the other, and then let's just go with that and see how that works instead of trying to, you know, have this mixed bag of nuts with. You go. You got man on the left. You got zone on the right. You know this guy's blitzing while this guy's dropping and uh, and whatnot. Where he's trying to just be so creative that he's trying to confuse the, the mm-hmm. offense, and all he's doing is confusing himself. Exactly. That's that's been one of the the complaints that this defense has had for a while. Is you know the the Packers personnel philosophy is generally you know you have a lot of young players. You you don't sign a whole lot of veteran free agents and so it takes these guys a long time to get up to speed with complicated defensive schemes so if you simplify things for a younger team that'll generally you know at least that that cuts down on the the miscommunications and the um the blown assignments and things well capers still plays a, a pretty complex defensive scheme and it seems like he's kind of outthinking his players a little bit. And um, you know, when you have so many young guys that that aren't necessarily a hundred percent familiar with what's going on, that's just going to lead to coverage breakdowns and and problems all over the defense. So, speaking of veterans that you've signed, um, what the hell happened with Martellus Bennett? I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, I'm I, as a Bear fan, as a guy, you know, someone who had him on my team. You know, I am fully aware of the fact that he's basically started phoning it in when the Bears started losing. Um, so, I mean, I could definitely see that, you know, him not being exactly a morale booster in the locker room after Rodgers went down. But, you know, he was let go for, I forget the official reason, something about not disclosing Fail- information. Yeah, failure to disclose a medical condition was the official designation. There you go. So they cut him. The <laughs> Patriots can't wait to pick him back up. and. Uh-huh. Now he's gone back, and I bet you he'll be healthy next week playing for Tom Brady and the and the Patriots. I mean, what what all? I mean, was there more going on than just the injury disclosure? Or, you know, what's the situation there? What do you know? So that's that's the problem. We don't know much of anything. All we really know is that over the bye week, he posted on Instagram that he's planning on retiring at the end of the season. Right. Yeah. Um, which kind of just just totally comes out of nowhere, and everybody's thinking, "All right, what the hell? Where the hell did this come from?" Yeah. Um, what's going on here? Well, then he comes back to to practice after the bye week. He practices a little bit on Tuesday, and then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he sits out practice, and he gets ruled out with a shoulder injury for for Monday night's game. 
So, um, you know, we're thinking, all right, did he, did he hurt something in practice? Did something, you know, pop up that, that we, you know, that the team didn't know about that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just very kind of, kind of strange the, the, the whole way around. And then, you know, for, for the team to just, um, up and release him uh, essentially on a, with no warning yesterday, um, is just a, a stunning move. And especially again, after having signed a three-year deal, um, the, the only thing that I can think of for the, the, that designation is that there was something that had happened there with that shoulder injury that made the Packers want to say, you know what, we're, we're not happy with this arrangement for, for whatever reason, um, whether it's the retirement thing, whether it's something with that shoulder. And, you know, we want to get the signing bonus money back for the next two years that we paid out. So we don't have that dead money hitting on the cap and just, just get, you know, move on and go our separate ways. So I don't know you, you don't know really uh, we don't know much more than you do at this point about sure. what's going on um, the only other thing that uh, that we really know just came out about 10 minutes ago Bennett just tweeted out this shit crazy bro uh, I'll tell you all everything one day but just wow and that's 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 his the extent of his uh, um, his social media in the last day or so so I don't know it, it's it's a weird situation and um, I'm sure eventually something, you know, some information will come out about what happened. But um, the Packers are notoriously tight-lipped about any sort of personnel moves. I mean, they still haven't explained what happened with Josh Sitton last year. Oh, right. Um, yeah. So we're probably not going to get a uh, a clear answer from the team, uh, probably ever, on on exactly what happened here. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They never did really kind of disclose what happened with Sitton and why he became available. Uh, yep just out of the blue, like final cuts and, you know, whatnot last, last year. Um, but, um, you know, with the, the whole thing with Bennett, it's, it's, an, it's, it's surprising and it's not all at the same time when you consider who it is. Uh, we're talking about his history. Um, you know, he's like the tight end version of Brandon Marshall. You know, here's mm-hmm. a guy that's pretty much productive everywhere he goes, but for some reason he can't, he's, He's only what in his eighth or ninth season. He's on his fifth or sixth team or something like that. I yep. mean, this is, you know, if uh, you know you want to count New England, his two stints in New England as two different teams. You're, you're, you're talking about a half dozen stops in a nine-year uh, career. I mean, there's something right. wrong there, you know. And the same thing with Brandon Marshall. The guy could be a Hall of Famer the, the, with the numbers he's put up, and he's been productive absolutely everywhere he's gone, regardless of who's throwing him passes and all that kind of stuff. But Brandon Marshall being with the Giants is on his seventh team or something like that in his 12 years, 13 years, however long he's been playing. You know, it's like the guy can play, but why can't he stick anywhere? And, you know, Martellus Ben is another one of those guys where he can play. The guy's a stud. I loved having him in Chicago. I was sad to see him go, but I completely understood why Ryan Pace had to make the move. Right. Yeah, and... Um, fundamentally, he wasn't playing very good ball, at least as a receiver this year either. So that's not helping things. Um, he had a whole bunch of really big drops uh, in the regular season. Um, he was he was probably the best blocking tight end that the Packers had had in a long, long time. Um, so so that was where he was making his contributions more so than anything else. But, but um, as a receiver, he he was extremely underwhelming and had had really kind of been a, a disappointment so far this season. So you know we'll see what happens with with Lance Kendricks and Richard Rogers moving forward here. But, um, 
yeah, it, I mean, it, it does leave a, a pretty big hole and one that, that the Packers will probably have to address at least uh, in in some way in the spring and in the offseason. Right. I mean, well, I mean, just as uh, I mean, as a football fan, it, you know, and even as a Bear fan, it's like the Bears or excuse me, the Packers signing Bennett during the offseason is like, oh, geez, we're screwed. I mean, this, <laughs> yeah. you know, because Bennett is a stud. He just won a Super Bowl with New England, you know, and then, you yeah. know, playing bookend to Gronkowski. I mean, talk about perfect compliment. Uh, to Gronkowski and you know played like an animal when he was out there and now he's going to Green Bay he's going to be the the prime one of the primary targets uh, for Rodgers like well this is going to be a headache for the next three seasons I mean this guy uh-huh. you know and then it just uh, you know it would have been better to keep Jared Cook oh yeah and and that's one of the interesting things about this whole situation is is honestly the only reason that Bennett is a Packer is because talks broke down with Cook uh mm around the start of free agency. Um, the plan was really to, to get cook back in green Bay after, you know, he had a pretty solid year last year, um, really had developed some chemistry with Rogers and, uh, for whatever reason talks broke down and, and the reports were that, that Bennett took less money than the Packers were, were prepared to offer cook. So that was, it was a weird situation from the beginning. Um, I think Packers fans were, were excited and I, I was excited and I think justifiably so about, um, you know the, the prospect of having a, a a tight end who is a a legitimate dual threat as both a receiver and a blocker, um, and it just you know this this is one of those free agent signings that that just doesn't work out. Um, and what I'm worried about is that um, you know whether it's Packers fans or the front office or whatever is going to give up on free agency as a result of this, mm. um, because I mean he's the first true unrestricted free agent uh, that the Packers had signed in like three or four years so um you know i think it's still a an important area to to continue to look at um and and be be smart and frugal about your signings but um yeah it was definitely one of those that just didn't work out yeah i mean it's a it's a rare misfire uh for green bay i mean not that the the people that you have brought in free agency have been you know juggernauts or anything but there are a lot more charles woodson's than there are martellus bennett's as far as their right free agent signings i mean they go to green bay and they prosper um you know yeah, i mean Jul- julius peppers had a couple of good yeah, years absolutely. Um, after coming over from chicago so um yeah it's 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 weird um the nfl strange and and sometimes you know people just people just don't work out yeah that's it's too bad it was like like i said I, when i when i saw that that bennett was going to Green Bay as a Bear fan, it about made me sick. I'm like, oh great! So we get to watch him pound it, you know, pound it down our throats for two, three years. That's that's going to be fantastic. And then, but as yeah. a football fan, is like that's that's really interesting um, that that's that that's where Bennett ends up after his time in in uh, in New England. He's going to go and try mm-hmm. and win a championship with with Rodgers and the Packers. That's that could definitely make it uh, definitely thing make things interesting and. Um, for it to go as badly as it did, as quickly as it did, I think is more a surprise, uh-huh. um, more a surprise than anything else. Yeah, yeah. So, um, last couple things uh, I want to cover um, with you is, um, you know, the, the whole thing with with Capers, you know, possibly going out. There's no no danger of, of McCarthy having to follow him out the door or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure they've signed him to about 58 extensions since he took over. <laughs> Uh, and, yeah. and whatnot, but where's where's the, uh, you know, is there any kind of groundswell with with Packer fans that uh, time might be fading on McCarthy? I mean, as we watch the team struggle without Rodgers, 
Yeah, I think the 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 bigger issue is more capers than McCarthy. Okay. Um, I think the the Rogers injury kind of is is another one of those things that's going to buy him a little bit of time. Um, and the fact that um, Hundley's been you know not particularly good has has also um, is also going to kind of work in in McCarthy's favor in terms of um, you know him not not getting booted out the door. Um, no, I, it's it's it's. Tough to say, but no, I I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, even though I am disappointed with with how the offense has looked, um, ultimately I, I don't see him leaving Green Bay anytime soon. Were you at all part of the um, protest to sign Kaepernick when uh, when Rogers <laughs> went down? Because uh, you know, I mean, so, McCarthy yeah. was was vehemently against that because I've invested three years in Brent Hundley, and that excuse the I don't want to call it an excuse, but that reason made all the sense in the world. It's like, I've got a guy that I've invested in. He's been in the system. He knows yeah. what, we're, what we're, what we're trying to do here. I'm not going to pull Colin Kaepernick off the street and have to start fresh with this guy. No, I, I actually was, was very much in favor of signing Kaepernick personally, but not as not to supplant Hundley as the starter. I was hoping that he was going to come in and, and back up Hundley and, and learn the offense for a couple of weeks and then be available if Hundley struggled big time over the first couple games, which he kind of has, um, I think I don't think Joe Callahan is an NFL quarterback. Fundamentally, I don't think he really belongs on an NFL roster, um, and so I, I would absolutely rather have Hundley and Kaepernick um, with with Cap being the the backup than Hundley and Joe Callahan. So that's kind of where I came down on that. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I definitely, I mean, as far as you know, the, the the thing I think that's bothered me most about this whole Kaepernick situation, um, and I don't know if we talked about this before, was that, you know, people that are supporting him are acting like it is the next Joe Montana that we're keeping, that, that right. the NFL is conspiring against. It's like Kaepernick's talented. He's definitely better than, than most of the backup quarterbacks in the NFL, uh-huh. but he's not a starter. You know, we're not keeping the next Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, off the field because of his political beliefs or anything like that. It's like there are a lot of teams that legitimately don't want him as their quarterback because they don't think he's a starter, you know, or he doesn't yeah. fit what they're trying to do and, you know, and, and things like that. Like I, I don't deny at all that there are teams out there that are for real blackballing him and just flat out don't want him because of his uh, political views. But I don't think that's yep. all 32 teams that, that are feel uh, that way about him. So um, I think that that more than anything is what's bugged me about the Kaepernick situation is people acting like, you know, this, 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 you know, glorious uh, all time great that's being held like he's Muhammad Ali. You know, we kept one of the greatest fighters in the history and greatest athletes of all time, you know, on the sidelines for three years because he didn't want to go to Vietnam. That's that's legit. But not letting Kaepernick play, you know, and acting like he is Muhammad Ali is ridiculous, in my opinion. So, right. Um, no, I, I hear you there. I, I, I will say I think he's probably better than four or five quarterbacks who are starting in this league right oh, now. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's where I more have a problem with it than anything. And, and like I said, I mean, he's certainly um, a better option as a backup, I think, than a lot of these these teams. But, you know, the, the argument, like you said, about the McCarthy made about having time invested in a guy like Hundley makes sense. But, you know, you've invested time in Joe Callahan, too, and Joe Callahan hasn't shown that he's got the capacity to be any good. So... <laughs> That's that's where I fall on that. So if you if you've taken a look at your schedule, and I'm sure that you have, um, mm-hmm. if you were to you know kind of go down 
the list. How do you see the Packers finishing out these last seven, eight games? Uh, well, there, there's a couple of winnable games on the schedule, fundamentally. Um, the Packers play the Browns in Week 14. Right. And as bad as the Packers have been, I don't think they're... I don't think they're going to lose to the Browns. Even on the road, yeah. They should probably Even come on the away road. with the win there, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a win. The Ravens haven't been particularly good, and mm-hmm. I'm biased because I'm going to that game, but I, I, I think the uh, I think they can probably find a way to win that game. And um, even though they're, they're a six-point underdog this week, um, I, I think they're certain matchups um like i said the the fact that they they have a relatively strong run defense i think plays in their favor and and gives them at least an opportunity to win this game but sure. i'm not assuming a win in just about you know in in any of the other games on the schedule i mean they play pittsburgh on the road they play carolina on the road they still play detroit on the road um the the way what we've seen so far i don't see any reason to believe that they can win any of those three games um, Minnesota in the second to last week of the season, even even at Lambeau, um, you know, they certainly look like they're um, they're the class of the the NFC North right now. So you know, I, I think that this is a real strong possibility that this team finishes below 500, which is disappointing because after the Rodgers injury, I thought that there was still five very winnable games in the schedule and that they could get to nine and seven even without Rodgers. Sure, but um, I'm I'm definitely kind of changing my tune at this point and um yeah i think i see maybe maybe three more wins maybe if they get lucky they get to 500 but but it's gonna be tough yeah because i'm looking at it you're you're at chicago and you know even as a bear fan i gotta admit that's that game is a toss-up just because i don't know what to expect from our offense because we haven't seen much from them and the fact that we can't score points gives anybody a chance to beat us and (laughs) you know baltimore you know that's at home. You know we went we went to Baltimore and beat them. So I mean you can definitely win that game uh, at Pittsburgh. That's that's going to be tough. Um, yep. But then you got Tampa Bay at home. There's a very winnable. That's game. a poten- yeah. That's a winnable game. So sure. I mean that's that's two wins right there at Cleveland. There's three um, at Carolina. Mm, home from Minnesota, maybe, and then at Detroit. You know, I I consider Detroit to be a team that was trending down until I saw how they played on yeah. Monday. Now I don't know if I give that more to Detroit or, you know, take it from from you guys and like, well, you know, I wonder how things would have been different if Rodgers was still. I mean, the defense would still not be playing well, but having Rodgers on the field gives you a you know a fifty fifty shot at least right. exactly. uh, in, in winning a game, especially a, a game against Detroit, who basically is in a situation that. Uh, that you guys are in with your defense, your objective is to outscore the other team as opposed to, you know, holding the other team to a certain amount of points, you know, keeping them down, uh, you know, around the 14 to 17 point range. And, you know, whatever we score will be more than enough to, to win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about where I come down on these two. So we'll see. It'll be, uh, it'll be a, a fascinating, you know, second half of this season and, and definitely the, a different type of, um, in a final stretch than than we've had to deal with in Green Bay in a while, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, especially with with the little to no hope that Rodgers is going to be back for those last couple of right. um, games, and you know, Detroit they've they've got the boost with the win over you guys. You know, Minnesota is head and shoulders, you know, two games above everyone else at at the point. And the Bears with the second half schedule that we have, um. 
you know, we have what I think could be at five winnable games in the set. We've got Cleveland and San Francisco. I mean, come on, you know, Cincinnati, not particularly playing well right now. We got two games with Detroit and those after Monday night. Maybe we split there. You know, the games that worry me were at Philadelphia and were at Minnesota to close out the year. Those are the mm-hmm. games where I'm like, yep, taking L's there. And then every other one, including the Aaron Rodgers Packers coming in on Sunday, is like these are all, you know, winnable games. The Bears could make a move towards 500, which would make things very interesting in the offseason as far as what the hell we're going to do right. with our coaching staff. Uh, because I don't think anyone in Chicago would shed a tear if John Fox didn't come back next year. Gotcha. So it's, yeah. you know, that's where we're at right now. So, I mean, at the very least, if Fox comes back, Loggins cannot because the offense has been atrocious right. with him calling plays uh, this year. So, yeah, you're right, Evan. It's going to be an interesting last eight weeks uh, of the season. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how it's all going to play out, uh, starting with this game uh, on Sunday. You know, I, I just wonder if, if our offense is going to be able to put up enough to uh, – you know, to get the job done and uh, see if because uh, basically in in week four, you guys were the only ones that really solved the puzzle of our of our defense. That's by far yep. the worst performance the defense has had all season. You know, to see if they'd be able to to pull that off a second time. You're the one team that knew how to run the ball on us for some reason. I'd never really figured out that. Right. You know, because the the one thing you were talking about it was all doom and gloom. Yeah, this guy he used to be a tight end. Now he's going to be our starting left tackle. Uh, on Thursday night, and this guy that uh, he's never met the right guard before, he's going to be the right tackle, uh, you know. And somehow they're pulling you, you know, you're pulling your sixth and seventh guys off the street uh, to play, you know, tackles and trying to protect Aaron Rodgers. I'm like salivating after the game we had against Big Ben uh, and the Steelers, and none of that happened. It's like, yeah, all right, because it's the Bears and the Packers, so of course, you know, everything works for Green Bay and nothing works for Chicago. So. Um, yeah, yep. I'm interested to see if any of that is still in play uh, on Sunday. So, yep. So, Evan, thanks so much uh, for coming back on and uh, helping me talk through this uh, matchup. And, um, you know, I'm just as intrigued as you are, I'm sure, to see what's going to happen on mm-hmm. Sunday. And, um, you know, who's going to come out on top? Will Will the Bears be able to even this the season, the, the all-time <laughs> series back up? Yep. You know, by by pulling it off on uh, Sunday, and uh, you know, hope to talk to you again. Uh, even though we're done for the year, I hope to talk to you again real soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Uh, like I said, it should be an interesting game on Sunday. So, looking forward to seeing what we see. All right, Evan. What are you? You guys have a podcast? I think we were talking about that before. Do you guys have a podcast yet? Are you still working on it, or what's yeah. going on with yeah, that? Yeah, we've got uh, we got a we got a real good group of guys that are that are. Um, usually publishing Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings every week. So uh, check it out. It's the APC podcast. You can get it uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, all the all the good uh, podcast services, or you can find it at acmepackingcompany.com too. Are you on it? I am occasionally. Occasionally, um, but we've got okay. A, yeah, we've got a I'm, – I'm usually on as a, as a guest every couple of weeks. But, um, sure. yeah, we've got a group of, uh, of real good guys who, who do, a, do an excellent job. Um, uh, on that so um please please do give it a listen though yeah especially this week see what the enemy has to say about us and how well, they think That's we're right. going to fare this weekend so all right evan western acme packing company from sb nation uh always great having you on man thanks a lot go pack go
broken record time because here I am to talk about what I think the Bears need to do to win on Sunday. Um, not really going to get into much to what the defense needs to do because with Rodgers on the sidelines and, and Hundley being limited in the ways that he has shown to be thus far, um, I think the defense is going to be fine just so long as we avoid the pitfalls uh, that we had earlier in the season. You know, want to avoid any kind of stupid penalties. I mean, we did it several times in the first game against Green Bay. You know, defensive penalties and, you know, lost assignments and uh, and what have you. It was our worst defensive performance of the year, and hopefully uh, our guys are looking forward to avenging that performance and, uh, you know, showing the Packers who they really are. You know, maybe more the team that beat up on the, the Steelers the week before as opposed to the team that... Uh, you know, got run over by Green Bay, you know, in, in, the, in the first game. So um, I'm not really going to key on too much uh, what the defense needs to do. I mean, basically just need to uh, play their game and, and, you know, go ahead and get after, get after the offense and, and uh, you know, just stick to what, stick to what they do best. You know, that's what they've been doing. Um, get the turnovers where they can, but, you know, for the most part, no penalties, no stupid mistakes, and uh, you know we'll, we'll be fine on, on the defensive side of the ball. I think we're 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 going to be solid there. Um, offense, as usual, with as far as this season is concerned, is the concern. And, and what I think the Bears need to come out doing on Sunday is throwing the ball, because you know as we talked about with Evan, number eleven against the run, so better than average, better than most, uh, you know better than 60% of the league in, uh, for um, uh, defending against the run, 23rd against the pass. I think that's something that we need to take advantage of. Uh, our offensive uh, uh, line can uh, needs to improve its pass blocking uh, better than it did against New Orleans. If you, if you go back to when we talked to Lauren Cox during the bye week about um, the missed opportunities in the Saints game, uh, you know, uh, Adam Shaheen running wide open down the, the sideline after, uh, you know, uh, uh, he gets himself open, but uh, Trubisky is flushed out of the pocket. Same thing happened with uh, uh, Trey McBride. He smokes his defender. I think he even said it was Lattimore who had a great game against the Bears. Uh, you know, it was wide open, but uh, before Trubisky could find him, he had to, uh, he was under pressure. He had to scramble. He had to break the pocket and things like that. Uh, if our offensive line could be a bit more consistent uh, with the with the pass blocking, because because Trubisky is a quarterback, I mean not a quarterback but a rookie quarterback. So he's he's got a target on his back. Number one because he is the quarterback, and then number two because he's a rookie. So defenses are going to look to try to throw the book at him. You know, try to throw in every kind of crazy look they can think of to confuse him, to force him to make mistakes, uh, and, and so on. So we need to be able to protect Mitch so he can find uh, our receivers. Because as you as you heard from Lauren, who saw the All-22 tape, the receivers were getting open. But, you know, when they were, Trubisky couldn't get the ball to him because his protection broke down. So the offensive line needs to be better in the pass protection, do a better job of giving Mitch... Uh, at the very least, giving him a pocket he can step up into as opposed to having it collapse around him like it did uh, against the Saints. Now, we only gave up two sacks against the Saints, but how many times did Mitch have to break the pocket uh, and improvise and run the ball down the field uh, and so on? So we want to try to be a bit more stable there and challenge this secondary that's in the bottom third 
uh, of the NFL. You know, uh, that's what we want to see from the uh, from the offense. Plus, we want to kind of build on what we did uh, against the Saints, which was try to be a bit more dynamic in the passing game or be, uh, you know, to take the handcuffs off Mitch just a bit more because doing that will make it easier for us to run the ball. You know, this is a team that right now has to pass in order to run because the Packers are going to come in with the singular focus of stopping Jordan Howard uh, and in in some cases Tariq Cohen. Uh, That's what they're going to come in to do because they know if they do that, then the odds of them winning has gone up because you got to put the ball in the hands of a rookie. Well, I say instead we put the ball in the rookie's hands to try to give us an opportunity to run the ball uh, later on. So, I mean, I know it probably sounds crazy uh, to some of you, but it's it's the strategy I think we need to go with. We need to, I mean, it's not like saying we have to sling the ball for the first 15 plays, but we definitely need to mix things up. Uh, maybe do a bit of what Lauren was talking about in the, uh, in the mid-season review, um, saying that maybe we run out of shotgun. We seem to be doing better running out of shotgun, you know, try not to be so transparent to our to our opponents um the the question i was going to ask uh, lauren was about adam shaheen he went ahead and said it ahead of time it's like why hasn't shaheen been a bigger part of the offense well turns out 80 percent of the time shaheen's on the field we're running the ball and you think nfl defenses haven't noticed that and you know maybe that's what it is we're tipping our hand with our personnel uh, and things like that so maybe we need to mix that up have shaheen come in and throw the ball the first five times he's on the field uh, you know, things like that, just to, to try to mix it up and play a bit more of a chess game as far as our personnel uh, is concerned. Maybe we run out of the shotgun and, and pass from under center. You know, when there's a fullback on the field, let's throw the ball because they, they see a fullback on the field. They see Shaheen on the field. Hey, the Bears are going to run. Let's load up the box. And then we catch them with their pants down and, and try to hit somebody downfield. Uh, you know, throwing the football and, and, and whatnot. So, I mean, the, the Bears need to be a bit more cerebral uh, uh, on offense and, and play a bit more of a chess game uh, than, than, than basically daring the defense to stop us because that's, that's basically what it looks like. You know, you put Shaheen out there, that definitely means we're going to run the football. Uh, you put Burton uh, on the, the, the fullback out there, well, the Bears are running, so we'll put eight, nine guys in the box and, you know, and, and the Bears will still run the ball anyway. You know what I'm saying? They, they're standing there daring us to run, and then we do, and then we're sitting there shocked when we get six inches on first and ten or we lose yardage and uh, and what have you. So the Bears need to, to be a bit more imaginative and mix things up uh, some more. Uh, at the very least with who we're putting out there, uh, you know, with our personnel matchups and stuff to keep our opponent on the toes. Uh, and, and this is a perfect time. They're reeling after a loss against Detroit. And, you know, they're really suffering bad. Three straight losses, two in division, um, you know, without Aaron Rodgers, without their leader. The Green Bay's ripe for the picky, man. We need to take advantage of this. And it could help catapult uh, Trubisky into the second half of the season where the schedule you know, we talked about a thousand times with with Lauren and and everybody else in between. The schedule lightens up considerably for us after the eight games we just went through. You know, we could definitely win five games. I think we could win five of these games in the second half uh, of the season. I definitely think that could happen. And to finish eight and eight is amazing. Uh, after you know a one and three start and you know coming off a three and thirteen year. Uh, nobody would have been expecting us to do eight and eight this year with the way 
um, you know, with the, with the offseason and taking the quarterback instead of trying to, you know, strengthen the defense uh, and so on. I think it would really help out uh, if the Bears could get off uh, to a win, which I definitely I'm like, I, I picked the Bears. I definitely think they can win on Sunday. But as as it was going into the Saints, I thought we could beat the Saints. But it was our offense. Can we keep up with New Orleans? Can we keep up with whatever the defense allows? And it turns out that we couldn't. So now uh, we're facing an offense that's struggling, and the defense is probably looking to rebound from, um, you know, giving up too many points against the Saints last time around and avenge a terrible performance, their worst of the year, uh, against Green Bay. So I think their motivation is where it needs to be. Now it's, you know, where's the offense going to be? You know they have to be hearing the things that fans and, and the media are saying about logins and the play selection and the offense and the way it's played and uh, and how they're holding the defense back and damn near wasting defensive efforts that we're putting out there. Hopefully they're coming into this game with a chip on their shoulder as well, looking to show that there are two good units on this team instead of just the one. So, you know, I think the Bears can win on Sunday. I fully expect them to, to be honest with you. It's the first time I can go into a Bears Packer weekend with – with any kind of confidence that we can come away with the victory, which of course means we're going to lose by 50 on Sunday. So, <laughs> well, uh, uh, you know, I, that's, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I definitely think we can win on Sunday. I definitely think we will win on Sunday. So I fully anticipate that the next time you hear uh, the soothing sounds of my gorgeous voice, it will be victory Monday and we'll be celebrating the bears moving up to four and five and getting out of the NFC North cellar for the first time all year because Green Bay, having lost, uh, having lost to us, will fall under the, uh, will fall below us in the standings. I mean, just, that's just all there is to it. So we'll, we won't be in last place anymore if we win on Sunday. How about that? That would be awesome. So anyway, that is going to do it. Come back on Monday when we review this matchup between the Bears and the Packers. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.